0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Jeremiah 33.3, 3, we're going to start there. We're, uh, a few weeks back, I preached here on a Sunday night, and I talked about uh, when you pray. We talked about prayers. Very practical. I told you I'd give you four things. We only got to three. Well, I'm going to give you that fourth one, and then two more. So we're going to go through six all together. And again, if you go, hey, I want part one, it's on the podcast. And so you can can catch up there, but we'll do a little bit of review first and then we'll get into it. I'm going to kind of teach, so kind of stay with me and engage with me verbally and take some notes as well. I think it'll help you. We're going to start back in a very familiar passage of scripture. Call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things thou knowest not. Call unto me. And I will answer you. God says, you talk to me and I'll talk to you. You talk to me and I'll talk to you. Now I'm going to read Mark 11, verses 22 through 24. I'm not sure the translation on the screen, but I'm going to read out of the old King James and I'll try to work around some of the old English. But Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. For I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea should not doubt in his heart but believe those things which he says it shall come to pass he shall have whatever he says or she shall have whatever she says therefore I say unto you whatever things you desire when you pray everybody say out loud say desire Jesus says, not what you need when you pray, but what you desire when you pray. This is, a, this is amazing, because this is, this is relationship. So things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Believe that you've already received them. The moment you say it, believe you've received it, and then you'll have it. Say it, receive it, and then you'll have it. Say it with your mouth. Receive it in your heart, and you'll have it in your hands. Let me say that again. Say it with your mouth. Receive it in your heart, and you'll have it in your hands. So we're going to talk about when you pray. Let's um, well, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for what prayer is. It's not a religious ritual, and it's not um, something we have to do. But it is, it is humanity relating to divinity. It's supernatural and it is our privilege. And I pray that you would help us to pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Man, can't you just feel good vibes in the room? That's for everybody unchurched. For every church person, can you just feel the anointing in the room? Isn't it just beautiful? Wow. You know, I've been to hundreds of i to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of concerts because I'm a musician and I like concerts, but there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. It's different. It's different. It's different. I think, I think, as I said last time, and I just want to review a little bit. I think we all want to pray. I think, I think we want to pray more. I think we want to be better at prayer. I, I said this last time and I, I really believe it. I think many people. You know they they have a challenge when it comes to prayer i want to I want to pray good you know people say "I pray bad, which is really impossible but but it's just you know people are uncomfortable praying and I think this is amazing, even the disciples matthew six they they come to Jesus and they go, "Would you teach us how to pray can you can you teach us we don't we don't get it we We don't quite understand it now what's amazing about that is that they did not ask Teach us how to raise the dead. Teach us how to preach. Teach us how to heal the sick. Teach us how to cast out devils. They said, teach us how to pray. Because they knew something. They knew that when they woke up, Jesus was already up. And when they went to find him, they always found him talking to his father. And then from that conversation, he would heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons and preach the gospel. So, so they figured, I don't think he needs to teach us how to multiply food. I think he just, if, if we figure out how to pray, we'll figure out how to multiply food. I don't think he needs to teach us how to raise the dead. There isn't, a, there isn't a, a, a one, two, three, there isn't a seven steps to raising the dead. They never asked for that, nor did Jesus ever teach that. What Jesus taught us was how to pray. Because when you learn to pray, all that stuff is just fruit of a rooted prayer life. So the root is prayer. So, so we, we go to people and say, teach us how to heal the sick. But you don't need to be taught how to heal the sick. You get in communion with the Almighty. And then out of that root system of a supernatural connection to God, things just happen. So here was my definition of prayer, and I'll say it again from Jeremiah 33. Prayer is when God hears your voice and you hear his voice. Call unto me and I will answer. You talk and I'll talk. You talk and I will talk. There there is such power in prayer. Every time you speak to God, God says we will have a conversation. And I will show you great and mighty things thou knowest not. In other words, I will begin to tell you things that you cannot know outside of the secret place, outside of a prayer relationship, outside of this conversation. If we do not converse, you don't get to know. But if we converse, I begin to tell you things. It is, it is the prayer warrior's advantage. It is the advantage of the person who prays and who seeks God. This is why when James is writing in James chapter 5, he says, Elijah was just like us, but he prayed. There is something that happens to the person who prays. We are the same. We, 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 we're all human. We all have weaknesses. We all have strengths. We all have gifts. We all have, we, we're, we're all human. There is nothing different between uh, uh, you and whoever you think is really spiritual. We're, we're all human except you pray. When you pray, you go to a different level in life. You hear different things and then you are empowered to see different things and even say different things. This is what happens when we pray. And so when you pray, point number one, we're just going to go through three. Point number one, when you pray, pray your desires. Pray your desires. Not your need, but your desires. Now here's why I need to tell you that. Because you don't need to pray your need, it'll just happen. Amen, somebody. <laughs> if you have a need, you're going to say it. Amen. You're going you're gonna to find a place. Jesus, help me. You're going to find a place to talk about your need to God. Where we have an issue is praying our desires. Did, did you catch it there in, in Mark chapter 11? Whatever things you desire when you pray. What, what do you want? When's the last time you talked about that? When's the last time you thought about that? What do, what do you want? What do you desire? What are you dreaming about? Not just what you need. The things you need, you're going to pray about. But what are the things you want? What are the things you desire? I I think this kind of rubs our religious bone a little bit wrong because it feels weird. I think it's almost kind of embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing to talk about our dreams in general, let alone to God, and I think we kind of have this thought of God is really big and way out there and really busy. And so I'm not going to bother him with my desires. Now, if it was a huge thing, we're going we're to have a conversation. But I ain't going to mess with the big guy when it comes to desires. But Jesus says, God wants you to talk about your desires. God wants you to talk about the things you want. God wants you to talk about the things you're dreaming about. God wants... To talk to you about, or God wants you to talk to him about your future and about where you want to go and what you want to see and who you want to be and who you want to marry and what you want your marriage to look like, what you want your kids to be like. Jesus says, pray about what you desire. Now, how many parents in the room? Let me see here. Hands. Not very energetic. If I asked who's single, it'd be like, ah! But parents like, mm. Okay, but, and we're expecting, we're uh, in October and um, we can't wait. We're having a baby girl. Amen. Now, for all you parents, how many want good things for your kids? Let me see your hand. You do, right? You don't want bad things. I mean, it's simple, right? We are already buying stuff for this baby who is currently living inside of my wife. I come home to packages every day. Jackets, dresses, shoes, shoes, all kind of stuff. We're buying strollers and we're buying this. It's, it's all happening. Why? Because we want, we want good for her. We, we talk about her. We, we, I already love her. I, whenever they said it's a baby girl, I was keeping my cool. I was like, oh, praise the Lord. That doctor walked out. I mean, I cried like a baby. I was so excited. And then I heard my wife and I thought, oh, sweet. She's crying too. And I look up, she's laughing at me. Okay, because <laughs> you women are strong. You you want good for them. If your child has an opportunity to go to a junior college or to go to Stanford, you don't go, yeah, take the junior college. You don't need all that good stuff anyway. No, go to Stanford. Go to Harvard. Go. You want good for them. You you, you would want your child to drive in a safe car. You would want your child to live in a safe neighborhood. Why? Because you want good for them. That's what you want on the inside. If you don't, you need to go to jail. Now, look what Jesus said. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Look what Jesus said in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 8. Matthew 7, verse 8. For uh, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, you don't give them a stone. If they ask for a fish, you don't give them a snake. So if sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? This, our God wants to give you good gifts. Gifts. Gifts are different than needs. How, how terrible when you receive a gift and it socks or underwear? It's my birthday. I don't want underwear. You don't you don't give somebody a need for their gift. Jesus is not talking about a need, he's talking about gifts. Now you're going I don't know about that. I don't know. So are you saying you treat your kids better than God treats you? Cuz you treat your kids good, I hope. You care about what's going on in that nursery, don't you? You care about what you, are they taken care of? Are they safe? Are you concerned about them? You're texting me if anything happens or is, you know, there is, you know, my kid has an allergy. Are we going to be careful of that? All those things, right? Because you love your kids. God loves you. He's your heavenly father and he wants to give you good gifts. So what do we do? We, we pray our desire. One of the most kind of insulting questions I find in the word of God is Mark chapter 10. When Jesus looks at blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. And he says, what do you want? Not what do you need? What do you want, Bartimaeus? What do you want? Can you, can you talk about your desire to God? Here, here's what Jesus is saying. Verbalize your desire. And again, it might be kind of embarrassing. You might even have to tell God that. Lord, this is kind of dumb, but I do that all the time. I'm like, Lord, you know. All right, well, I already thought it, so I might as well just say it. I've been thinking about prayer desire. What do you want? In 1 Samuel chapter three and verse five, the, the Bible said that while Solomon was dreaming, excuse me, this is 1 Kings. While Solomon was dreaming, God said, what do you want? Dream, desire, what do you want? Think about that. When, when God made Solomon the wisest man in the world, it happened in a dream. So your desire and your dream and the will of God are all connected. Oh, come on, somebody. Help me now. Your desire and your dream and the will of God are all connected. Th- this is powerful. Why? Because God loves you. And he says, whatever, th- so, whatever things you desire when you pray, I, I want to give you your desires. He asked Bartimaeus, what do you want? He asked Solomon, what do you want? Don't keep God out of the small stuff. Don't just go to God for the big stuff. Go to God for everything. Let me, let me ask you another question for all you families out there in either 2016 or 2017. How many are, will go on at least one vacation? Let me see your hand again. Let me just, come on. We're keeping it real. Some of you are like, I hope. Okay, well then put your hand up. Okay. Okay. You're going to, okay. Where do you want to go on vacation? Well, we, we can't afford much. so We'll probably, we might just go down to Palm Springs for a night. Okay, but where do you want to go? Thank you. Hawaii, okay. Well, you know, now, now listen, I grew up poor, super poor. So our, our vacation was, we drove from Belen, New Mexico to Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was an hour drive and we stayed a night at the NBC Suites. Hey, and we, and we did, and it was awesome. By the way. If you're broke, your kids don't know you're broke. Don't let them know you're broke. They think everything's awesome. Amen. Okay. I didn't know it. We would go to the happy hour. My dad would drink beer. My mom would drink wine. We would drink Shirley temples and we thought we were millionaires. You know what I'm saying? A popcorn. I'm not saying drink beer or wine. Okay. You get it. But that's what we, you know what I mean? But I'm rocking around my popcorn. Like Richie rich. You know what I'm saying? I just thought swimming in the pool. You know what I'm saying? And, And by the way, and we all stayed in one room and we had five kids. All on the floor. It was crazy. Okay, in the bathtub, whatever. And we were everywhere. We were broke. Okay, but but where do you want to go on vacation? Well, well, you know this. Is probably, but where do you want to go? God doesn't care about my vacation. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to have good memories with your kids. I remember my first trip to Disneyland. I loved it. Got lost. Didn't like that. But I loved the trip. Different story. Where, where do you want to go? How about you pray about it? Well, I want to go to Europe, but I can never afford it. But what if you pray about it and you talk to God about it? And what if somebody blessed you? What if, what if there was a crazy deal? Did you know a couple of years ago, United had a, had a glitch in their website and international business seats to Europe were selling for a dollar? $8,000 tickets were selling for a dollar and they could not, they honored it? What do you desire? Somebody was praying. I don't know who was praying, but someone's like, Lord, I want to go to Europe, Jesus. I don't know. I'm, now, listen, I'm not trying to give you false hope. I'm not giving you false hope. I'm just saying, talk to God about what you desire. Dad, talk to God about your family. Say, God, I'd love to go to Yellowstone. I'd love to, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. I'd, I'd really like to do this and, and not kill us financially. Okay, talk to God about Well, it's not a need. I know, but Jesus is saying, talk about your desires. Talk to them about your financial situation. Talk to them about your marriage. Don't just go to God and say, Lord, our marriage needs a miracle. No. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. uh. Okay. Pray a specific prayer. Lord, this is what I want our marriage to look like. Pray specific prayers, get specific results. Pray specific prayers that you can actually track. So if you, if you wake up in the morning and go, God, be with me today. God's going to say, I are, yeah, that's already done. I'll never leave you or forsake you. So don't pray prayers that he's already answered. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be edgy. I'm just saying that that one's already taken care of. Pray specific prayers. Say it talk it. Use your faith. And then, and then here's the big thing. And then submit it. If it don't happen, it don't happen. But at least you talked about it with God. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he, he is God. Yes, he's not a genie in a bottle. So we're not, I'm not telling you, hey, just ask for anything and it'll happen. Submit it. Submit it to the Lord. But, but believe him for good things. When you pray, pray your desires. Number two, when you pray, believe you have received. When you pray, believe, you have received. The, the, the first thing I wanna say about believe is Jesus opened up this thing in Mark 11. He said, have faith in God. So we don't just pray to tick a box. We don't just pray because, well, maybe God's insecure and he really wants to talk to me. And, no, no, no. He, he God, God is all good. God is good, okay? God is cool. He wants to help you, <laughs> And he says, when you pray, have faith. Don't just go through a religious motion. Have faith in God. Don't just do it because you feel like you got to do it. Do it with faith. Have faith in God. And then he says this. Believe, this is at the end of verse 24. Believe that you've received it and you shall have it. Say it with your mouth. Receive it in your heart. See it in your hands. Now there's two schools of thought when we talk about this. There's the kind of extreme faith community that would say you, you ask once and you never ask about it again because God heard you and glory to God, praise God, you said it, glory to God, amen. Then there's this other side that says, no, you just keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, and praying, and praying until you get a breakthrough. Here's what I would say. We serve a very, very good loving father. So it's not about saying it once and leaving it. And it's not about trying to convince God to do something. It's, I think there's a middle ground that says, Lord, you are so good. And I believe I received and I'm going to rest in what I've asked. And you know what? When the anxiety rises, I'll talk to you about it again. And then as it, and then I'm cool. And then if it rises up again, I'm going to talk to you about it again. Not, not, and God doesn't go, don't talk to me about that again. You already said it, you of little faith. No, he's, going to, he's a good father. He's going to go, okay, let's talk about it again. You got to keep processing it. You got to keep talking about it. Come on, somebody, because he's good. He wants to talk. You, you think God's good. No, I don't want to talk to you today. What are you talking about? He wants to talk. He, he's good. And so we talk to him. So, so like when we found out we were pregnant, I I prayed for a healthy baby. I prayed for a healthy mama. And I, and I believe this scripture that's on my phone because I believe this stuff. I'm a, I'm a word of faith guy. And it says this, you will serve the Lord, your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and he will take sickness away from you. And no one will suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. That's Exodus 24. Isn't that powerful? Now, that's all my thing with a, with a picture of my beautiful wife. People see this and they go, oh, my God, you're married to her, is it? Yes. It's the anointment, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. But now, now I, I prayed. I confessed the word. And now, I thank God. And I go, Lord, I thank you that she will not be barren. Lord, I thank you that we will not suffer miscarriage. Lord, I thank you that we will fulfill the number of our days. And you know what? And if I'm tripping and my faith is a little low, I go, Lord, can you just help me? I just want a healthy baby and I just want a healthy wife. And you know that. And I've already talked about it, but I'm talking about it again because you're my dad. And so here we go. (laughs) Believe you've received. But at the same time, don't get into any kind of legalism. It's all about relationships so I don't live in fear I don't I don't live in Oh man, if I don't pray enough uh, our baby's not gonna be healthy no I don't live in fear I serve a good God I serve a gracious God I serve, I serve a wonderful father so I rest in that but I talk to him about it I'll, I'll never forget it, it, it this kind of reminds me of I don't know if you're an online shopper we are online shoppers my goodness I love shop Amazon is the devil but I am hooked <laughs> My wife comes home every day like, another book? You need another book? Have you read the last 30? Get behind me, Satan. Amen. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I love it. And I order, all kind of, I order guitars online. I order guitar pedals online. I order all kind of stuff online. And so uh, other day, ding dong, bell rings. And I go, uh, I wonder who's here. And my wife goes, oh, I ordered a coffee. She ordered a coffee online. What is that called? Postmates. Hashtag technology. Okay. So anyway, so we're just, we're online people. So we're, uh, I order this guitar and I text one of my buddies and I go, Oh my gosh. Hashtag God is so good. I just got this new guitar. It is amazing. It is beautiful. It sounds awesome. It's fantastic. And, and, and my, my buddy goes, awesome. When did you get it? I go, Oh no, I just ordered it. It's in the mail. <laughs> I wasn't even getting it for another week, but it was in my heart. I believed I received it. I even had a receipt that said it's on the way. How foolish if the day after I email Amazon, is my guitar on the way? Seven to nine business days, sir. Okay. Day three, is my guitar on the way? Is everything okay? Did it get stolen? Oh, yeah. No, I believe I received it. I got the receipt. I, I, I don't. I don't live in that, and I'm already talking about it. Like, man, this guitar sounds awesome. How does it play? Are you going to bring it today to church? Nope, don't have it yet. <laughs> but but I but I had it. We got the the team come up by the way. But but I had it in my heart. So so, look at this scripture. Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Some of you already know where I'm going. Philippians is after Ephesians, before Colossians. That's true. It's true. That's what it is. I don't know why y'all laughing. Philippians chapter four. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Giants eat peas and carrots. Amen. That's how my mom taught it to me. That's why you were laughing, you church girl. You knew it. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, and, and look at um, verse 6. <laughs> church jokes. Okay, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Wait, God wants you to pray about everything? So you want to pray about what, what shirt to wear today? I don't know. Go for it. I mean, don't tell people, but go ahead. Yeah, I wore these shoes today, God told me. Okay, no, don't. But... But if you want to talk to him about it, talk to him about it. Pray about everything. Pastor Jude Foucault, uh, uh, Pastor Jake's father says this. Pray about everything or you won't pray about anything. Pray about everything. Get in a dialogue with heaven or you won't pray about anything. So look, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And you will experience God's peace, which will exceed anything we can understand. We, we quoted this, this today during the prayer time. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I believe I've received, so I pray and then I thank him. I pray and then I thank him. I pray and then I thank him. When, I'll, I'll go back to this guitar one more time. When I, when I purchased it, I thanked my wife. Hmm. Huh. Amen, husbands. Uh, um, before I got it, I said thank you for for letting me get the guitar. But it but it was still in transit. But I was already thanking her. Listen, I pray it, I receive it, and then I thank God for it. And before I know it, I'll see it. And sometimes that answer is in 30 seconds. Sometimes it's a little longer. But in all things, I believe that I receive and I live in gratitude. Lastly, when you pray, this was actually point four last time, we didn't get to it. When you pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. When you pray, pray in the Holy Spirit the Spirit. Let me define praying in the Spirit for you quickly. And let's sing a song about the Holy Spirit. Let's sing maybe Open Heaven or something here in a second. When we pray in the Spirit, number one, we pray in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we we pray what we know God's desire is. That's praying in the Spirit. So we don't pray in the flesh. We pray in the spirit we partner with the holy spirit and we pray the will of god that's number 1 that's praying in the spirit number 2 praying in the spirit yes is a supernatural language that god gives us that when we use it we don't know what we're saying but the spirit is praying through us now we're going to look at some scriptures here 1st corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. Okay, when I pray in the Spirit, who am I praying to? I'm speaking directly to God. Now, people don't understand it, including you. But we pray in the Spirit and we drop directly to God. Now, stay in that same chapter. Look at verse 15. It'll be on the screen. So what should we do? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words I understand. Now, wait a minute. How many know that when you pray in words, you understand that's either English, Spanish, whatever your natural language is. How many know that prayer is an act of your will? Right? You don't ever just, Lord Jesus, I pray. Oh, I couldn't control it. See, we we've, been robbed of our prayer language to think it only happens in crazy Pentecostal services when the preacher slaps you and you no, 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 no. Paul said I, pr- I pray in the spirit and I pray in my understanding he goes on to say and I sing in my spirit and I sing in my understanding it is an act of my will if you only pray in the Holy Ghost when you feel it you will not pray in the Holy Ghost a lot and it's it's one of the weaknesses of Pentecostals is that we we, only, we we do it in response to an emotional moment. Paul says, I I I choose to pray in the spirit. Look what he says. Look at Ephesians 6:18. You could write that one down. Pray in the spirit at all times, on every occasion. When you're happy, speak in tongues. When you're sad, speak in tongues. Now, on all occasions, does it mean that we get out of order? If someone's up here preaching, we don't cut them off and start, oh, I just couldn't control it. That's not what the Bible, Bible says. We choose to pray in the spirit. Oh, it just came over me, pastor. No, that's that's called Pentecostal culture. That's not being spirit led. On every occasion, this is your personal prayer time. We pray in the spirit. Now, Now, some people get mad at us because we invite people to pray in the spirit and give them the opportunity and then people come up to us and go hey aren't you you're not allowed to do that in public oh I'm sorry church police thank you for enlightening me where did you want us to offer people to receive the Holy Spirit now we're gonna go to little private rooms we're gonna use the stalls in the bathroom one on one weirdo You got to do it in church. Don't get all freaked. Oh, they pray in tongues in church. Oh my God, they're out of order. No, we're, we got to give people an opportunity. And and here's what I found. If you'll give people an opportunity down here to pray in the spirit, it'll give people courage and they'll begin to learn it. Then they can get in their car. They can go to their house. They can lay hands on their kids. Your kids will pray for your little kids in tongues. (laughs) Come on, what are you doing? They'll laugh at you. They don't know. You're releasing the anointing on them. Now, Jude one twenty, Jude one twenty, Building yourselves up in the most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Building yourself up. Now, this is an incredible word. You, you, if, if you're churchy, you, if you're from church, you, you know this. We always say, praying in the Spirit builds up your spirit, man. When you read that in the Greek, he's not just talking about your spirit, man. He's talking about every part of you. Build yourself up is literally a a building term. When you pray in tongues, it builds up your spirit, it refreshes your soul, and it even energizes your body. It's, your face will start looking younger, ladies. Amen. It'll start, fellas. Your six pack? No, I'm just kidding. That won't happen. But, but it, but it, it's. Jude is actually saying when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it impacts spirit, soul, and body. Okay, Acts chapter 2, verse 3. And cloven tongues of fire. This is not the, this is NLT. We, we, in the King James says, cloven tongues of fire. This says maybe separated. What does it say there? Uh, oh, that just says flames. But in the, in the King James, it says cloven tongues. Now cloven is an interesting word. It means split. Y'all know as a split tongue, a snake has a split tongue. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive a split tongue. You receive a cloven tongue. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you now have your language, but now you also have your heavenly language. Isn't that powerful? You get two languages. And I'm not here to theologically convince you i'm just here to say when you can receive the empowerment of the holy spirit and he will give you a prayer language it is powerful it is supernatural and it it bypasses it bypasses your mind but it's a direct connection to god now look at this scripture this is so powerful isaiah 28 this is the new king james for with stammering lips now now we don't have time to go there, but First Corinthians 14 tells us that this scripture is fulfilled in tongues, okay? But we don't have time to. With stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. To whom he said, this is, now notice, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. Now again, sometimes we can speak in tongues, we just get overwhelmed and it's awesome. And, but, but if you think of tongues as just a Pentecostal service running around with tambourines, God says, I'll, when you speak with a stammering tongue, God says, I'll give you rest. And this is the refreshing. When you pray in the spirit, it refreshes you and it gives you rest. Oh, it's so powerful. It, it's literally a moment of heaven on earth. Even in the Bible, in, the, in in Revelation, it says that in Revelation, there will be, a, Jesus will have a name no one understands. That's a heavenly tongue. It says we'll be given a name that only we understand. That's a heavenly tongue. It's a heavenly language. When we pray in the Spirit, it's a moment of heaven on earth. And so... If you only pray in tongues four times a year in a crazy service when pastor's here and that saxophone is playing and my God, it feels, it's awesome. And you, and it comes out, that's great. But this is something you can do every day in your car, at home. And hear me, it's a moment of, of rest. And I'll tell you all the time, I'll just sit down and I'll just, I'll kind of put my hands like this. And I'll just begin to pray in the spirit. And and man, the pressure of the world is hitting you. And, and and your spouse says, I'm leaving you, and you just you get along with God and you eat. No, come on, this is real life. And the doctor gives you a bad report, and you get along you get along with God and you eat. And you know you got a big meeting with your boss, and on the drive home, on the drive to work, you just eat." because when you don't know what to say. Paul said this in Romans 8, when we don't know what to say, the Spirit intercedes through us. God, I don't even know what to pray right now. I don't don't know what this bump is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I got to go to the doctor. I'm freaked out. I don't know what he's going to say. And the rest of God comes on you. And you get refreshed. And you don't have to shout it. You don't have to scream it. You don't need an interpretation for it. You don't need a thus saith the Lord after. You just pray in the Spirit and it gives you rest. And Paul said, on all occasions, on all occasions you pray. Now let me say this lastly, because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. He's a gift to us. Now not a payment that we earn, but a gift we receive. Not a payment we earn, but a gift we receive. When we receive the Holy Spirit, it's a gift we receive. But now what do you do with a gift? You must must receive it. So you receive it with gratitude. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for a supernatural prayer. I thank Him. And I receive with gratitude. And then, I use it with expectation imagine if I gave you the keys to my car and I said man it's yours and you took it and you just "Mm -hmm, okay. and then you went and got in your car I go man I just gave you a gift why aren't you using it so praying in the spirit when we pray in the spirit we are using the gift God gave us now I want everyone to stand on your feet Here's what we're going to do. In just a few moments, we're going to dismiss. And can, can we? even? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.